everybody. Whoa. Welcome back to another episode of Top Shelf Oscars Best Picture. Hooray. Hooray. We're back. We are back. We're a little calmer. Our summer is pretty much over. Mm-hmm. Our, our schedules have calmed a little bit for the weekends for the time being. So we're back with you with another Oscar Best Picture winner. Yeah. Hi, Colin. Oh, hi. <laughs> so what did we watch? You can tell them. Uh, we watched the 2011 movie The Artist. Yes. Which is a silent film. Mm-hmm. Here's here's just a little brief description. Yes. I was thinking about um, doing this just a completely visual podcast. Yeah, yes, Colin I, did joke about I don't think that would go over well with everybody. So. A silent movie star meets a young dancer, but the arrival of talking pictures send their careers in opposite directions. And Jean Dujardin... And Bernice Bayo were the two stars of this film. It also stars John Goodman and James Cromwell. Those were the people, the big people you see the most. So there's, and yeah. the dog. And the dog. And the dog, whose name was Uggy. 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 Yes. But you, he's never named it in the film. No, he's not. Which, he's just the dog. Which just makes me sad. I keep thinking, like, he looks like Eddie. He from... does, but they're not the same breed, I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. Yeah, he looks like Eddie. He looks like Eddie from... Frasier. Frasier. Yeah. Eddie was played by a dog named Moose. And then I believe son of Moose after Moose passed away. Mm-hmm. Moose and son but of anyway, Moose. But anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about, Frasier. There's a different podcast for that that we yeah. don't have. Um, this movie was rated PG-13. Um, it is the 2011 film. It is the winner of the 2012 ceremony. Um, 140 minutes. So it's one of the shorter ones we've watched for the podcast so far. Uh, written and directed by Michael... Hazanavikis. Yes. Hazanavikis, yes. Also, yes, written by him. I'm saying that now so I don't have to say it again. Because <laughs> if you anyone listens to the AFI yeah. podcast, you know I sometimes have a hard time with names. Um, This won five Oscars besides its Best Picture yes. Oscar. Yes, it did. Um, and it is rate. I have to throw this in there because we did occasionally do this on yeah. Top Shot or on AFI. We would talk about like the parental guide as to why like parents shouldn't show their kids this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was rated PG thirteen due to a crude gesture and a disturbing image, not scene, just image. It's just an image. Yeah. So. It could have probably gotten away with PG if they had oh, taken yeah, out totally. Missy Pyle, given him the finger in the very beginning of the movie. Yeah, but... But, yeah. Yeah, who cares? Um, really, Kat? Come on. Um, Don't take that out. She she needs... They, the people need to know. She needs discipline. <laughs> the people need to know she, she is naughty. discipline. As she stands That's up like she's people. people. Oh, yeah. Hi, so, baby. let's just break into the okay. movie. So it starts in 1927, which is kind of the big... Film is, you know, film, film has is taken huge. off at film this Film is pretty huge. And then we saw, like, the, the drastic decline of, yes. of film. Well, with the, the stock market crash and then the invention of talkies. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, th- this is not the first movie to cover this topic. I have seen other films and read other... Mm-hmm. And read books that, you know, deal with this sort of thing. And it was a real thing that happened. There yeah. were several, um, especially women, who 
when talkies came around, they no longer had jobs. I, I was gonna say because like some of the some of the actors, as soon as they switched the talkies, it's just you listen to their voices, just like what? No. Yeah, and then they would no. have no jobs. You would, should never be on What's screen. What's interesting about this movie is that you know he becomes quote unquote washed up because he's an old silent actor, mm-hmm. but they never really give a reason other than he doesn't want to do talkies. It's they've never. It's never that his voice yeah. is bad or I anything, or like, he doesn't film. There's another issue when people started filming in color. Yeah, that sometimes people would lose their jobs because they couldn't color correct them. Apparently, I feel like that was a thing. I, feel like I could be. I, maybe that was one time that happened, and yeah. maybe I read it in a fictional book. I don't know, but I I, I know for sure that was like the one big thing. So as soon as they switched to talkies, mm-hmm. like certain performances were not as good right. as it wasn't. A silent film, so there is that. It is nice to see something where you see that general shift between certain things, and especially as technology advances, people obviously you're gonna have those skeptics where it's just like I don't know if I can work with this or do this. This is not gonna take off, and this this is the future seems stupid. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is which I also really enjoyed the. The fact in this film is you actually get to see the more of the behind the scenes types of yes, things. Yeah, that is what you were As saying. opposed to front of the screen. Usually when um, and this is kind of ties into the stock market crash. Um, films were, it was a sense of escapism. You would go to a film just to wipe away the day. Um, all the bad stuff that happened that day and then just enjoy film for yes. two hours or an hour and a half. Yeah, and we were talking was. about the fact that it's 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 nice that they kept this movie to the length it was because a lot of those movies of that era were shorter. Mm-hmm. So it, it kind of plays with that. Well, then there was also that too. There is that scene in the film where it's just, you can tell it's a bunch of stock Foley sounds, but he's uh, George Valentine, the the main character and the, mm-hmm. the main male is it character. Valentine or Valentine? Good question. I said Valentine because there's no E. There's yet. no E, right. There's no E. Um, where, where all of a sudden he starts like reacting to stuff in the in the room and mm-hmm. it's just like, oh wait, I can hear sounds. And <laughs> to the point where there's like a feather just sounds like an, like an explosion or something yes. like that. Um, which... You know, back in that era, you wouldn't be able to play with that type of stuff exactly. as, as opposed to now. So having like that almost behind oh, the, the s- gold rush. Sorry, yeah. I couldn't think of there's. Oh, I was, I was going into like, what am I correct by films in that era were around that time? Mm-hmm. Yes, because the general is 107 minutes, mm-hmm. City Lights is 120 minutes, um, Modern Times, which is an older one, is still like a hundred and. Or 130. It's an hour oh, and a half. Whoa. An hour yeah. and a half. Sorry. Not 130. 90 minutes. And then what was I going to look at? The Gold Rush. The Gold Rush was an hour 35. Okay. So, so, yeah. I apologize if I just said like 100 and some odd minutes there. If I said 100, I meant hour. I'm happy. Yeah. It's... Ah! Jeez, I'm having issues. I'm knocking into the microphone. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Okay. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. So, so it was a, it was really interesting to see that behind the scenes type of stuff because it's like that type of emotion and that type of character development wasn't really fully established with a lot of the movies back then. So to play off of that, I think was a really bold move. Even though the point of the ending of the film, 
um, where they actually play with sound because it's like you don't there's a bang in the film, but yeah. you don't know what where the bang exactly came from, which yeah. kind of adds. I remember watching it for the first time, kind of adds to the tension of the whole thing. It's mm-hmm. just like what what's gonna happen? You don't know. Should we mention this is not the first time either one of us has seen this film? Yes, this is my second time. Mine as well. And I'd like to get into it a little bit just because um, friends of the podcast Mm -hmm. will know that, you know, Jeff and I are friends. We don't do our podcast together currently, but we are friends. And our friend Karen, who has been on a handful of episodes on the Ghost Hat Network, Mm -hmm. mostly in um, Midnight Sleuth. Yes. So then our freestanding talkie podcast. I don't know. You've said too much. <laughs> I've said too much. Um, they made me go see this movie. And mm-hmm. it was one of those movies. And I can't remember if we saw it like right before it won the Oscar. Because I think they re-released it in a wider release after it got nominated. Because okay. it was one of those smaller it was. releases. Like, it was more at, like, independent, smaller cinemas. So we went and saw it at the Sundance that we have in Madison. I remember being a total brat about going to it during the movie and after the movie. I'm pretty sure the only reason I went with them is so we could go out to dinner in Madison afterwards. But you have also also said that um, this was before you guys started AFI. So Jeff and I did the AFI podcast for about two and a half years. And if you listen to early episodes, you'll hear me complain about having to watch black and white silent films. And now I've greatly come around to the other side of that. And I take back a lot of my attitude about this movie. Mm -hmm. And when we get into talking more about who won what, what was nominated, all that stuff, we we can talk about that more. It's almost like, I almost feel like this should have been like our first episode. Just in the the way of talking of the idea of where have films gone and where we've been and what we can do with films. Yeah, but we can't jump all over creation. We can't jump. But but that sense of... um, Wait, what? What's wrong? I have, like, that was the the big thing that I noticed, and we've talked about this a lot with a lot of films, like Birdman and La La Land, but that sense of a gimmicky kind yeah. of, and that's mostly nowadays, that's kind of an Oscar bait type of thing. Right. But this film, I felt, even though it was a little bit gimmicky, mm-hmm. was very important, especially of showing of where we've come as far as films and right. reminding us of our history of where we've I think, and part of my, the only, one of the only few critiques I had of this movie was that, and I may be wrong, I was looking at the specifications for the movie, and it was filmed in monochromatic, but it was filmed digitally in monochromatic, Mm -hmm. and I feel that this film, if they were trying, and I don't know how much this was trying to recapture that era, or more of an homage to it, so... My only argument or only critique would be I wish that they had filmed it, filmed it on a real camera and had done it in actual black and white because it takes away a little bit of it for me, the way the lighting and the saturation of the film looks. And that's really super nitpicky. I actually kind but, of a, I actually kind of agree with you because it's like watching it now, you can tell it was like digitally like certain stuff is yeah it may have composed. been filmed in monochromatic but it was digitally Sleep. filmed in monochromatic which does not give you the same i almost want to say lack of dimension yeah 
it does it gives it doesn't give you that lack of dimension that yeah. black and white films because think about if it, you've seen like I don't know if you've seen City Lights and the Gold Rush and the General no, I haven't seen but it or an seems, episode of Twilight Zone I'm gonna be honest it seems too clean it does seem too clean because especially like when I think it was like an episode of the Twilight Zone nothing's really like really digitally added or anything like that but you can still sell that it was actually they, right they filmed it on actual film, film which i feel like is like nowadays that like christopher nolan and like tarantino are the only it seems to be a it. shift back yeah um That's i noticed a lot of the lucas films are now going towards more just less doing digital more less film. yeah more film um what was i going to ask you oh okay compare it to another movie that was recently released in black and white so we own the black and chrome version of Mad Max, which I've only seen which like is 10 minutes. Odd. Now, I've seen the movie Mad Max. Yeah. I've only seen the first 10 minutes of the black so and chrome one because then I went, no, like I want to watch this in color. But, so what does it look like where you know it was filmed in color and then switch turned in. over to black and white compared to this movie with, hi, Gigi. This movie, <laughs> Gigi, <laughs> college, be quiet. Gigi, be quiet. This film, which may have been actually filmed in black and white, or in monochromatic anyway. Like, mm-hmm. how do they look compared to... And that's the thing I've noticed that, like, um, and most recently I've actually noticed, like, the more modern films that are actually shot on film, if you turn them into black and white, they still hold up as really good films. And, no, I'm not asking whether it holds up. I'm asking, like, what the saturation and... Dim- and but the depth- saturation dimension, yeah. Like, certain things, like, it almost seems like... I don't know. I'm okay. not exactly sure where I was going with that. Okay. But it's like, it almost feels like you can tell, like, they were actually playing with depth and mm-hmm. depth of field and stuff like that. And it's just like, this is the stuff that you wanted to see. Right. Um, so it's just, that's my critique. Yeah. Basically of the film. It's acted really well. It is. It's, 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 I mean, the guy it's who, hard to argue, was it written well? Because, uh, there's, and there's I not guess that you could many. say Yes, because I mean, there's certain things like, I mean, obviously burning celluloid, like yeah. no one would know that type of stuff. No one would know um, that that film burns that quickly yes. on film. We learned that from Big Glorious Bastards. Yeah. So like there's certain aspects that like, yes, obviously you'd have to write it in a, in a certain way. Right. And you can, obviously when they filmed it, they were speaking when they were acting and essentially they just took all the sound out and put music over the top of yeah. it which is interesting i honestly had a little bit of a problem with just because of the oh yeah talk about your scoring the orchestration on this film bothered me because i felt like the tone of what was on screen didn't necessarily match correct what was actually being played and my argument was not argument but my comment to that was it's almost a lost art because we don't score film like that anymore where the score has to tell you what's going on and has to tell you the tone yeah because you can't get it from inflection in voice mm-hmm. and because we don't do that anymore i i feel like that's why that suffers is because yeah. Name a composer that's still alive from the silent film era. There are probably not many, if there are any at all. Yeah, like Insinio Marconi is probably like the only person. Yeah, but maybe he's. But then again, he's up there, and mm-hmm. he might have been born around that era. It's so, interesting that you say that you make the comment about the music because one of the awards it won 
um, was best original score. It's interesting. But when, should we get into the discussion of what was nominated that year? Yeah. Okay. Let's get into it. Okay. So in 2011, for the ceremony in 2012. Mm-hmm. So these are 2011 released films. The ceremony took place in 2012. Yeah, yeah that's a so bit. when you Google things, Google the year of the ceremony, not the year of the uh, yeah of when it was of when the movie was released. Sorry. Um, best picture, best picture 2012. Well, here's the thing. I was like, I will say, um, the guy who actually plays. Uh, George Valentine. Yes. Well, he won. Jean Dujardin. Jean, Jean Dujardin. Yeah. He Sorry, won. John won for best. He won for best actor for this movie. And it kind of shows. I mean, like, you have to communicate enough emotion and enough. Mm-hmm. And you can't be, like, overly hammy about it. No. And that's what I actually really appreciated. Because it's like, when he was on screen, you can tell, like, okay, he's doing it like a mm. character thing but when he's off screen there's more emotion there than there I, would be this is a I, I i actually just mentioned this uh briefly but um this is actually i mentioned this in the last episode but this was also like during that string of movies where john goodman was in movies that were either nominated or won mm-hmm. best picture so argo this movie mm-hmm. um he was in flight um, okay. Which was also nominated. It was nominated, correct. So. Um, I was just going to say, because on your topic of Jean Dujardin winning mm-hmm. and how he deserved it, that was a good, it, it was an interesting role he had to try and yeah. communicate to the audience on screen. I also appreciate the fact that, you ever notice that women during the silent era, all like the big stars, had really big eyes? Yes. Yes. I appreciate the fact that the female lead, whose name is Bernice... Oh, Bernice. Bernice. Her name is Bernice. I can't think of her last name. Bayo. Bayo. Yeah. B-E-J-O. Um, she had a very large mouth mm-hmm. and kind of big eyes. So it, she felt she, she fit, fit that. She fit the So when they would translate her image into like promotional materials from that era for the movie, she looked the way she was supposed to, according to that time period's aesthetics. Yeah. Okay, so here's what was nominated. For best picture that year. So, The Descendants, The Artist, Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close, Moneyball, Midnight in Paris, War Horse, Tree of Life, Hugo, and The Help. And what I said to you when I read that list off to you earlier was, with the exception of The Help and Moneyball, the rest of those films are relatively forgettable. Maybe Midnight in Paris. Maybe. Maybe. But that's But then I get confused again, because Blue Jasmine came out like two or three exactly. years after and that. It's like, and it's that's, like wait, and is that's, that that movie? Which one is and that? That's pushing it. So Yeah. Like, like extremely loud and incredibly close. I remember I think I was a little irritated when that was nominated because I don't think it did that well commercially. Or incredibly loud and extremely close, as I usually like to call it. <laughs> and again, it's one of those kind of oscar baity, yeah. dramatic, you know, American and like, tragedy. It happened around 9-11. And, and, yeah. Yeah, like, the help, yeah, I feel like that's one we remember. Tree of Life, I couldn't even tell you. Isn't Brad Pitt in that one too? Yes, it is. And isn't it's... it like Cloud Atlas level weird? Yeah, it's very cinematic. It's very like okay. an art house film, very cinematic. And I'll be honest with you, I haven't seen a lot of these. 
We saw The Descendants, which you enjoyed. I actually enjoyed. It's a good, like, family story film. And Jim, Jim Rash. Yeah. Jim Rash won, a, won an Oscar yeah. for it. And I don't know if it's just I was not in the right headspace when we watched that movie. I, or I wanted it to be funnier than it was. But largely for me, it was forgettable. I couldn't, I don't, you sometimes reference something from that movie and I have no idea what you're talking yeah. about when you say it. No, like, it's, it's, and we've both only seen it the one time, like, I think. It's like George Clooney's dad who plays, yeah, this is way out of left field. It's George Clooney's dad who plays uh, the Petrelli's father from Heroes. Oh, yes. And he I just can't goes, think of that actor's name now. It was like, it was some girl's boyfriend is just like, I'm going to hit you in the mouth. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like straight up punches him in the mouth. And I just, for some reason, I, I always remember, remember that. that. For, like, to be clear, funny. he never says that to me. That's no. something he just will say sometimes. Money, I wonder if we remember Moneyball because that was when Jonah Hill lost all the weight, right? Or a bunch no, of the weight? No, he was still kind of relatively okay. Was it because he that... had done almost strictly, like, ridiculous comedies and then out of this nowhere he like, gets nominated yeah, for an Oscar? This was the start of, okay. like, him... Doing more serious stuff? Yeah. And, and I really like Jonah Hill. That was not that, supposed to well, sound that, as... Well, that's the other thing. Like, I feel like Jonah Hill's gotten to that point where it's like, he's gotten that, that Oscar bug a little bit and now yeah. I feel like he's actually starting to chase that a little bit sometimes yeah but he'll go but back he'll and go back and of... forth between stuff I mean like what was it War Dogs I think was kind of a, oh I wanted to see that kind of a half serious half comedy HBO. type of thing yeah I think so yeah it was like when I watched Moneyball I actually really did enjoy Moneyball and it is like a good exploration into like how baseball is actually actually run and actually changed right but um so let's do the rundown of like who won what that year okay so best director was the director of this film whose name i'm not gonna try and say again michael michael zanavikius zanavikius yeah jean dujardin won for best actor meryl streep won for best actress i don't remember what for what was she in that well, oh no it wasn't no doubt. it was um um the iron lady when she played margaret correct. thatcher yep christopher Plummer won best supporting actor yes. for what oh can't remember okay but i do i do remember him winning and it was just like that i love christopher movie Plummer. makes sense for him to <laughs> that like he deserved that win okay hold on it's gonna bug me Octavia Spencer won for, for the, the help. help. I partially love, like, don't get me wrong, I love The Sound of Music, but he calls it The Sound of Mucus because he apparently had a really bad time filming that film. Ouch. And uh, he also uh, um, kind of, sort of, was drunk for a lot of that filming. Oh, Beginners. He was in Beginners. That's right. That's right. Okay, That's sorry right. everybody for that little segue, but it was going to bug me if I couldn't remember. Octavia Spencer won for The Help mm-hmm. for Best Supporting Actress. Woody Allen won Best Original Screenplay for Midnight in Paris. Oh, okay. Alexander Payne wrote... Uh, oh, Best Adapted Screenplay was Alexander Payne, Nat Faxton, and Jim Rash for Descendants. Yeah. That I knew. And then... Brett McKenzie won for Best Original Song because that was the year The Muppets came out. That's right. Oh, Yay. Good. I could have just scrolled down further and it would have told me. 
Yes. Mar- Meryl Streep won for the Iron Lady. Okay. She was up against Glenn Close, Viola Davis, Rooney Mara, and Michelle Williams. Oh, wow. Okay. Melissa McCarthy was nominated for Bridesmaids that year for Best oh, Supporting Actress. really? Actors. Mm-hmm. That's impressive. Yeah, Jonah Hill was nominated for Moneyball. Max von Sydow was nominated for Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, there, like, that was the thing. There was, like, a whole bunch. This this was a little, there was a bunch of stuff that won that wasn't nominated for Best Picture either or was nominated so, like, for a bunch stuff of- but not won for, be- not nominated for Best Picture. Like, Bridesmaids and The Ides of March came out that year. Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy came out that year. Um, Rango. Kung Fu Panda. Gigi Bean. Be quiet. Gigi, be quiet. Please. Yes, Man or Muppet won the best original <laughs> song. That's a good uh, one. That is a good one. But then looking at what, what what else was nominated for best original score, because I was kind of not hating on it, but my discussion is more towards the scoring is not as nuanced and succinct as it would be if this film had actually, sorry, this film had actually been released yeah. in the time period in which it's set. Um, here's what else was nominated. The Adventures of Tintin, John Williams. Okay. War Horse, John Williams. Hugo by Howard Shore. And Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy by Alberto in- Iglesias. Okay. I tried to put an end. Not Alexandra Desplat. No, not Alexandra Desplat. I Alexandra remember being... Desplat. I remember being surprised that the girl with the dragon tattoo didn't get nominated for stuff. And then I remember that it was not... Uh, was it not very commercially successful? It was not very favorable amongst people. I, and I wonder if that's because of... Everyone always says the one, the Swedish one is the one to watch. Mm-hmm. And you've never seen The Girl with the Dragon I've Tattoo. I saw it. it in theaters. Yeah. I don't know if I really like it because I like Daniel Craig. Or if it was actually... And I love David Fincher. Yeah. So that's I was just going to say it's like, is it an aesthetic choice? That's that know. why? Because I, I feel like that was just like, just a It won for film. best editing. Well, but like, I'm surprised it wasn't nominated for, oh, Christopher Plummer was in that movie too. Huh. Um, I'm just surprised it wasn't nominated for best picture and Hugo was, but I also haven't seen Hugo. I also haven't seen a Hugo, but I've also heard that's. So have so, I. And it's not because I've avoided seeing it. It's yeah. just one of those things I've just never gotten to. So obviously, I don't have any real strong feelings about the films this year. I didn't see Moneyball for the first time until two years ago. Yeah, I didn't see Moneyball until I still like haven't much seen The later. Help or read The I, Help. I saw, this, I saw this film particularly on Netflix like a couple years ago. Is that when you were working through, you were trying to watch all the best picture winners? Yeah. And then I've seen more of them than I Because like from... Um, and I probably will say this multiple times, from 2008 up until recently, I've seen every best picture after they've been released. Right. Like, the week after they've been released. So, just a... Yeah, so I have a little bit of idea of the most recent films that were we're going to be watching in this list. I guess I didn't... I Like I said, I don't have a lot of strong feelings on any of the movies this year. I feel like the only one I saw that year that was nominated was The Artist because Jeff and Karen made me go see it. Yeah. It's one of those weird years where I remember thinking because the... Is King's Speech next? Our next film? I don't 
Okay, I will have to look. We'll have to look. But if this is coming off the heat, remember. Okay, so just fun background facts. Colin and I have seen a lot of movies together, and we sometimes mm-hmm. will rate how a year went by how many like movies we saw, or how many good movies came out. And I think I remember having a conversation with you about how this was not a good movie year. Yeah. Like, there was not a lot. I mean, we saw Bridesmaids. I mean, that was in there. But, like, looking through a bunch of those movies that we saw in the theaters, like, I know I saw Girl with a Dragon Tattoo, and I saw it with a bunch of people, but it was one of those, oh, hey, we're all home for insert holiday here. Let's all get together, and let's all go see this movie kind of thing. And if it's coming off the year of the... You're, if it's coming at the heels of the year, I think it's coming after. There's a reason why I don't have yeah. as many feelings because I think this upcoming year I had a lot of strong feelings. If it's not that one, it's the year after. Okay. And you know what year I'm talking about. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I do. Um, which I think is actually the next. Mm, but I thought Hurt Locker was next. It might be Hurt you, Locker. You talk You talk about your feelings. So, I've argue, I have argued with I'm you almost, about this movie in the okay, past. Okay, so I was just thinking about this just now and i was thinking if a lot of movies now or a lot of performances nowadays will have they'll screen the movie and then have the actual orchestra play with the film and I'm that's wonder- beca- yeah it's become a thing it's become a thing and i'm wondering if this movie would actually been a little bit more interesting if if that type of um, environment was actually set up for this film having the actual orchestra having it act do something like a like an old rustic type of theater and then have the performances go with it. Mm-hmm. I think it would be really an interesting thing. Why are you smirking? Because something next, like that. Next, I, no, no, no. Oh. Next year is uh, the year where I'm going to have a lot of feelings. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's going to be an I almost thought it was episode. just like, this thing has already happened. I'm like, how? No, 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 no. Looking at the Best Picture nominees... This was one of the first years that they did 10. Oh, yes. And I've seen... I thought it was like five, 2000... I thought six, that was like seven. the 2009 Oscars was the first year that they Maybe. did 10. Or they were going to allow 10. I feel like yeah. 11 was the first year that there were 10. Yeah. Um, I've seen 7 of the 10 that are on Ooh, this list. Oh, boy. And I believe I saw 7 of the 10 of them before they were nominated okay and maybe one i had okay because i threw a hissy fit well, about it okay <laughs> well we'll i'm get, looking forward to we'll get to episode. that discussion it's gonna be great we'll, we'll, get, to that. <laughs> we'll get to that discussion in a bit so we better hope i'm in a good mood the day we record that episode oh boy so for that sake i'm wondering if there's just a little sense of like an elevation to this film that might actually make it a little bit more enjoyable right um, Again, not not an overly derivative so movie. As far as this film compared to anything else you've seen, you wouldn't hold this. Does the let's ask the question: Does this movie deserve best picture? No, but I don't know if anything else that year deserved it either. Maybe the help, but I haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. I just know what I know about it and who was in it and the caliber of acting. I guess that I was would say it. I would agree. Christopher Columbus directed it. Yeah. And I like his movies, usually. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, like I said, the majority of the films that were on this list that were nominated that year are forgettable, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And, like, obviously, people on the Facebook disagree with me. I'm not throwing snotty attitude at any of these. It's just I don't. 
if you asked me what movies came out in 2011 that were nominated, I probably couldn't tell you. Yeah. But I don't hate. I don't hate I the artist, but I don't know if guess, they deserve to. It's gimmicky. I guess it's hard. To, I would agree. If if looking back at it, then. Like, me seeing this movie back in 2011, I would say, yes, this movie deserves Back to Picture. But now, I... It was I f- the most innovative of what came out that year. Yes. But I argue again that part of my critique and of a movie is based on is, writing and, like, character yeah, and development, the, and that's hard to do in this And this kind is of the thing about us going backwards, which is interesting. Because we look at we look at all the stuff that we've seen previously as these innovations become more and more of a thing uh, more and more of these gimmicky type of films actually start to appear more and more well and then there was the argument when birdman came out and was nominated that oh it's just like the artist it's gimmicky it's trendy it's different Mm -hmm. but not different is not always necessarily bad this is true or doesn't it different doesn't necessarily cheapen it yeah now, did we talk about whether we thought Birdman deserved to win? We did, right? We did. And Whiplash came out that same year. Yes. I sometimes think Whiplash maybe should have, but Ugh. I think that may have hit me more just in my personal life because of that we're not signing off yet. <sighs> um, I don't know. I feel indifferent about that movie. Shush! I'm making a point, Gigi. I know you like Whiplash. Yeah, Gigi, what's your thoughts on it? Nothing. Now you clam up. Oh, yeah. You have no thoughts? She watched it. Do you so, have any thoughts on the artist? No. She's yeah. just a soft chirp. No. Nothing. Nothing too major. So, so do you really enjoy... Her silence is, is a perfect answer for yes. this. Because... Yeah. Oh, now she's in my lap. <laughs> okay. Hi, Pete. Just ripped like everything. It's okay. Um, yeah, I, I guess I just feel the same way. It's just as a gimmick. This just doesn't make any sense. Like, it doesn't feel like it actually... In, in I know. Past. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Gigi has now climbed into Colin's lap. Is standing on his notepad of notes from you're the film and is now like everything. Oh, now she's getting on the mic okay. table. <laughs> you're Sorry, not. everybody. Good girl. Good girl. Oh. So, uh, yeah, I guess that's I feel our like this is a bland, are... bland reaction, bland feelings for a kind of bland film year. Yeah. And obviously. Give me your opinions and thoughts. I have not seen the majority of the movies on this list. I feel like this is a great thing to open it up to discussion. Yeah. So, obviously, we have our Facebook page. So, mm-hmm. let's start a dialogue. Yep. How did you feel about this film? Did you like it? Did you hate it? Did, Do you what... think it's gimmicky? Do you think it's memorable? Yeah. Yeah, we want to hear what you think about it. Especially when we don't have real strong... It was enjoyable. Yeah. I, I, you know, was happy when we were, not happy we were done with it, but I felt good when it was over. Yeah, like, and watching it again. I rem- my opinion has definitely okay, changed Okay, I was going to say, it. like, how has it changed from your first time oh, seeing a, it to it's now? It's a good movie. It's a good representation, homage, whatever you want to say, of silent film. I guess I would say it's more of a homage and not a good representation of what. It's a good okay. I I I'll agree with you on that one because I was I was just thinking as I said that, and you have to think about what like Buster Keaton and Charlie Chaplin got managed to do mm-hmm. with what they didn't have. Yeah, and they didn't really take advantage of that much in this movie. There's not a lot of physical like effects and comedy as I much. Feel like okay, a like, little in the beginning. First of all, it's like it's a good representation of the time. Yeah. Um. 
it was the aesthetic, the costumes, and everything. But I feel like there was less of a struggle to get this movie created as opposed to yeah. what it was back then. What it took, yeah. Yeah. If you want to know uh, whether it was historically accurate or not, <laughs> go through the goofs on IMDb. There's quite a few. Yeah. But I'm not going to go into them because I, no. I don't care that much. But, but. I mean, I, you know what I mean. I'm not getting all butthurt about it. Yeah. Well, especially the the hotel that they use in like mm-hmm. every it's movie. It's in Blade Runner. It's, it's in, in 500 Days of Summer. It's, it's in, in... What was the other one you made the reference um, to? Uh, the Prestige. Are you sure it's in The Prestige? It looks like it is. I'm pretty sure Okay, it is. I'm going to... Fact check. Um, yeah, it's used in every. It's it's a historical. It's in California. It's in it's California. In Jeff, um, our friend Joe, um, lives out in California, and yes. Jeff always goes to visit him, and they always visit locate like certain locations, film locations, and stuff, and that's one of the locations that I know they always constantly go to. Um. Probably screaming at me right now as he's listening to this podcast because he knows actually knows what it is. Um, but yeah, like I mean, you get that sense, like the studio lots and stuff. You get that sense that that is. Stuff. I mean, it was filmed there, but I don't know that it was. There's no hotel listed on here. Okay. Oh wait, nope, I lied. Is it the Park Plaza Hotel? Yes, is that the is. one that everyone it's uses? Probably. A... It's probably what it is. So. In that, um, what movie are we watching next week? We're watching King's Speech next week. Yes. Okay, this is going to be a great year because it's like, I have certain feelings on this movie. And I have You have certain feelings feelings on this movie. So, yeah. Can't wait for that one. Can't wait to break into that. Um, As always, uh, you can listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher? No, I'm wrong. That's not the... We're yeah. not on... Are no, we, we are. Sorry, are that... We're not on <laughs> no, Stitcher? No, I'm talking about filming locations. Uh, CompuServe. Netscape. Um, Angel Fire. <laughs> Angel Fire. Was that Internet one Explorer. Angel Fire page? Internet Explorer. And you said um, Netscape? Right? Yes. Uh, no, check us out. Look, on. Look us up on Dogpile or AskJeeves.com. <laughs> So uh, you can always check out those website at ghosthat.net. We got tons of content, new, including new podcasts, which uh, Jeff and TC should listen to their podcast. They are going through um, the other part of the this top shelf family, I guess you yes. could say. Um, they just it's did the Bradbury Building. Bradbury, the Bradbury you. Building. Um, they just finished. Uh, they're doing their disney podcast right but now and you just did the black cauldron yes which is an interesting i've never seen interesting one. film yes you are correct that is the bradbury building. it is a bradbury or you are correct on yes it is a location but okay. i'm gonna double check you on the prestige okay um yeah and their their next movie is the great mouse detective which was the first movie to use 3d computer animation yes i believe so props to them go check them out a lot of love a lot of love. They did not film the prestige in the Bradbury. Okay, Bradbury. it looks very close. To it's the a Bradbury. it's a different hotel in LA. Okay, okay. Sorry, but uh, a lot, I lot, need lot check. I'm yeah, a lot of love on the Facebook page. We so appreciate it. Thank you very much. So we'll see you next week for the King's Speech. Yeah. 
So until then... It's going to be a very conflicting episode because uh, I went from one side to the other. So exciting. And oh, it's going to be great. It's so be until great. then, keep it real with Oscar. Yep. GG. This has been a production of Ghost Hat Media, proud member of the Ghost Hat Network. Find them online at www.ghosthat.net. <laughs> I like the ending. <laughs>